0: This is a Hog Sports Network podcast. You're listening to the Whole Hog Football Podcast, bringing you the latest news, analysis, and more. Here's your host, Matt Jones, with Scotty Bordelon of the Hog Sports Network and WholeHogSports.com. It's not hard to pick Arkansas's best win of the 2023 season. It's either Florida last weekend or it's Western Carolina or Kent State, and I think we all know which way we would go. Arkansas beating Florida 39-36 in overtime in the Swamp. It's a game, Scotty, you and I talked about last week that we didn't think it was an impossible task for Arkansas to win that game for various reasons. I think the thing that surprised me the most was not the win. It was how good Arkansas's offense looked in its first week, under a new offensive coordinator, given everything that had gone on, I mean, this looked closer to the version of Arkansas's offense that we've been used to seeing under Sam Pittman, and I think that's an encouraging sign. You know, as we go on for the rest of
1: the rest of the year. I mean, there was a mountain of evidence against Arkansas for us to pick them, right? Like they were going into, even though they'd been competitive in some pretty tough environments in previous weeks, like what Arkansas did the week or two weeks, I guess I should say, leading up to the Florida game was a total mystery because mm-hmm. it was the bye week and then the next week uh, we're t- we typically have practice availabilities, but we didn't go Monday and Tuesday, and they're sticking with that. I think they're kind of taking a, um, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, kind of approach to this, letting Kenny Guyton, I think, get more comfortable. Um, but, yeah, the, the offense looked good, and I think I think we may have undersold the importance of having Rocket healthy mm in terms of looking at K.J.'s total production because K.J. went over um, 90. I mean, he was great running the football the other day. I think he had um, five explosive runs according Mm -hmm. to to stat broadcast. Sometimes we've gone weeks without seeing multiple in a game. And Rocket goes over 100 yards. K.J. was, um, you know, pretty – effective through the air at times especially throwing the ball downfield to guys like ty washington who's you know not going to be with them um probably the rest of the season and andrew armstrong was a big big play guy the offense looked pretty good like especially that first drive it was like oh my goodness who like who are these guys it kind of came back to reality a little bit but i think kj i wrote this the other day kj came up big when they needed it most like he Um, picked up some big-time yards for them when they needed it, converted uh, some big third downs, and um, threw a a beautiful game winner to Tyrone Broden, who didn't drop it. So that's always good. I thought the offense wore Florida
0: down Mm -hmm. Like toward the end of the game. I looked at this. Between Rocket and K.J., seven of their final ten carries went for at least 11 yards. Uh, K.J. had the big 20-yarder in overtime where it looked like, oh, boy, they're in trouble, first and 20. Literally made a man bounce off of him. Yeah, I mean, he, he just totally ran over a Florida defense. He, he looked as – it, and I think some of it has to do – you mentioned Rocket being healthy. Mm-hmm. I think the two of them play off of each other really well. Yeah. And I think that we just haven't seen that this year. Even you know, from what I heard about Sanders is that even before the Western Carolina game, he was dealing with a little bit of this knee injury that is – you know hampered him all season and so we didn't even see it that day down in Little Rock we haven't seen it all year those two being able to work off of each other in the RPO game uh, we saw a couple of great reads by KJ where he you know looked like he was about to hand off and he tucks it and you know get some six seven yards in a critical say like second and five and they get an eight yard gain and now it's all of a sudden it's first and goal uh, they play off of each other really well and if Sanders can stay healthy and KJ can stay healthy, and that's an element to this offense that we just haven't seen this year, and it's it's what we thought we were going to see all year.
1: Yeah, there was. Um, I wrote this the other day. Our, KJ was responsible, obviously, for five pass plays of fifteen plus yards, mm-hmm. and five run plays of ten plus yards. Arkansas had nine run plays of ten plus yards. KJ had four. Rocket had or KJ had five. Rocket had four. Yeah. So. I think those dudes are pretty valuable. I, I would agree. I think they, they do feed off of each other. And it, to me, it seemed like Rocket almost looked kind of brand new. Um, not saying that he's he had, like, the, the breakaway speed that you might like him to have, but I yeah. think, like, the second effort stuff and the third effort stuff, I think that was there. He was able to um, maybe pick up a couple of tough yards maybe after contact where he – You know, maybe wasn't able to the first couple weeks.
0: I don't think he's going to look like Rocket of two thousand twenty-two this year. I I think with everything he's been through, with the knee it being late in the year, I I don't know that he's a hundred percent yet. I think he's a hundred percent as if you know, in so much as he's not going to hurt himself by playing. But I don't think you're going to see him cutting and running and and hitting his stride quite like he did last year, Ethan.
2: Yeah, and one thing. I just thought was important on Saturday was it, you know, it's like every single halftime this year, you hear Sam say like, we've got to run the ball better. It's like, I, it's almost just like routine at this point that Sam's going to say, he's we telling gotta you run. what he's about to tell his team. <laughs> yeah Well, and it's, it's just funny because it's like early in the year, it's like, it's like, we got to run the ball better, but they're getting one yard gains like mm-hmm. in the run game it's or, or negative gains. It was on Saturday. It felt like even in the first half, I think rocket broke one for like 17 or something in the first half, but Like even that run aside, it's like they were getting like three or four-yard runs to where it's like you know eventually you'll wear them down, and that's kind of just what happened. It it looked back like how you know the run game looked with Kendall Bryles, to be honest, with all that run pass option um, and with them just kind of wearing a team down eventually. And I think, like you said, just down the stretch, it it felt like if Arkansas ran the ball, they're at least going to stay ahead of the chains if they're not moving the chains. Um, That was really important. I thought that last drive in overtime – of course you'd get the penalty that backs you up and you're kind of like, oh, is this where Arkansas just finally, like it's that moment that you're kind of it waiting. It's like the for. here we go again. Yeah, the thing. here we go again moment of, oh, penalty is going to screw you out of maybe a big win on the road. And then KJ takes off and trucks a dude. Um, it was, I think it's funny, early in the year, uh, A.J. Green said, I don't know if he can say I lift weights, it's more of a balance thing, but he, it was one of his I lift weights moments. Yeah. Uh, mm for sure running over that guy and then rocket on the next play or the one after had a really, really impressive run, um, caught himself. And yeah, it just seemed like once, if those two are clicking in the run pass option, it just opens up a lot more. They moved the pocket finally where KJ was, you know, a little more comfortable throwing the ball too. It just, it was overall, I mean, you had your best yardage output since the Liberty bowl. So you can't say that, um, you know, the Kenny Guyton effect wasn't, real at all and it's not like Florida's defense has been bad at all this year they I mean they were down some guys on Saturday but all in all they've been a pretty good defensive team for most of the year
0: a lot more tempo a lot more RPO a lot more stretch plays than we've seen at any point it's clear to me that Kenny Guyton is very heavily influenced by by Kendall Bryles and and that shouldn't
1: be surprising given how long they've worked together yeah no doubt I mean it looked like what we thought the offense was going to look like all along Mm -hmm. um and maybe or definitely a lot like a couple of years years past. You know, you look at K.J.'s passing numbers just on the surface, 20 of 31, and not really his most efficient passing day that we've seen. But I'm looking here, he completed six of his last seven passes in the game, um, and I think seven of nine total uh, to, to finish it. Um, yeah, I just thought he was he was clutch when you needed him to be. And then the number that really jumped out to me the other day was just the 347 yards of total offense. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he went into that game averaging 218.4, and the, the three, 347 yards are the most for, him, for K.J. in a conference game since they lost narrowly um, at Alabama in 2021. Like, it was one of those kinds of games for K.J. Obviously having an overtime period helped him – Uh, in that regard but I mean they were they were going to need KJ to be kind of Superman again to to kind of get over that hump and out of the I don't know if you can get over a hump and out of the rut out of a rut at the same time but (laughs) it took a kind of a Superman effort from KJ to do it. I was impressed by both teams and their responses in the fourth quarter
0: because it was like you keep waiting okay somebody has thrown the punch that is going to knock the other one out And it never – you know, that never ended up happening. I mean, even after Cam Little kicks his field goal to tie the game with 44 seconds left, Florida goes right back down the field. I think it was a little bit alarming for Arkansas's defense, honestly, how well or how easily Florida was able to move the ball in the fourth quarter. Something that I think gets overlooked because they were able to to, – He went 72 yards
1: in a minute and 17 seconds. It's crazy. But it
0: was just – I mean, you know, one of the things that I thought was really – impressive was just how both teams responded and you know Ethan and you're talking earlier that it felt a lot like the Arkansas LSU game and in that both teams just they just kept responding to each other I mean like at, at LSU the only thing that stopped Arkansas was the clock if they get the ball back they're probably gonna go down and score again there in this Florida game I mean it was fourth quarter was just back and forth back and forth and really the only time that nobody scored was when Florida didn't kick the field goal at the end of regulation or they kicked the field goal but they didn't make it and I would say too that Florida did not do their kicker any favors. Number one, by putting it on the left hash mark. And I know you're in the you know you're in the run of play and you're not really thinking about that. But uh, I think that has to be something that you think about. You know where you're putting the ball down for a kicker. I've never been a kicker, but it seems to me in watching a lot of football that for right-footed kickers, the toughest kick is left hash mark pushing it right. It, it seems like that happens a lot. Something about trying to make that angle causes you to push the ball right, and that's what they did there. But anyway, the combination of, of not really placing it where their kicker could have success and then having that false start penalty or the uh, – uh, what was it? Legal substitution, legal substitution penalty. substitution, yeah. The combination of those two things really hurt him. But all of that is to say, fourth quarter and overtime, even to a certain extent, just the ability to match – what the other team was doing, I thought was really impressive.
2: Yeah, and I feel like that's what was missing at LSU, honestly, was Arkansas catching any sort of break like that. It was just LSU was going to march down and Jaden Daniels is going to lead them on a quick drive and it's going to be, okay, Arkansas, you got to go back out and piece together a long drive to match it. It was like against Florida, it was kind of you still felt the defense was bend but don't break. I mean, there towards the end of the second half, it got a little dicey as far as they were just kind of moving the ball with ease. But that missed field goal was kind of the break that I think they needed – to let them not, like, like they're still in the game. You haven't, like, totally messed up the game for the team. Um, And then in overtime, to limit them to a field goal was really big. I mean, I just think that that whole – sometimes you got to get lucky. And that whole situation there with the whole – all the substitution and then missing the field goal. And this was a good field goal kicker, too, Trey Smack. Um, I think it was his second – What a great name
0: for a field goal kicker, by the way.
2: (laughs) And uh, I think it was his second miss of the season. Um, So – Arkansas got lucky there and sometimes you gotta get lucky, especially on the road. So
1: Yeah, you definitely do. I think Arkansas's defense in overtime just it was a basically a three and out possession. Mm-hmm. And looking at the drive I think they got two PBUs in overtime drive history here before that missed field goal at the end of regulation, they'd given up touchdown, field goal, touchdown. So your bat like your game is could be in the balance if you give up a touchdown, you know, to begin overtime. But I think Trajan Jeffcoat made a play early in overtime. Um, yeah, he he hurried uh, Graham Mertz and then Jaden Johnson and mm-hmm. Snacks Johnson teamed up, and then Jaden Johnson broke up a pass. I mean, good on Jaden Johnson making a couple of plays. I mean, we talked, or we've heard all season less, obviously, during the losing streak that Jaden Johnson's kind of a different player than he was last year. I think you're starting to see that with, like, the – uh, receptions allowed on you know targets in the passing game I think you're seeing that I think he I don't think he gave up a reception at Alabama on five targets which is pretty good and he goes out and makes a couple big plays for you um, with with Snacks Johnson what was he co-defensive player of the, of the SEC co-defensive player of the week, of the yeah. week? yeah that, that was
2: three co's
1: that was a that was a little bit four players of the week total the Snacks Johnson nod was I mean granted he had a Nice game. I think he had a go couple with tackles Braxton, for a loss. I think over
0: Snacks Johnson
1: because of the impact of that first touchdown. Yeah, and then Dwight McLaughlin didn't. He came off the bench and broke up three passes. Pretty good. I mean, he made some nice tackles in the run game, and then I think he kind of snuffed out a quick pass to the sideline. I mean, you texted me earlier today, like okay, so snooty. I was gonna I was gonna
0: come back to this. <laughs> so good, man. I was gonna come back to this here in a little bit, but since you mentioned, we'll just go through it right now. Uh, the all-america ballots were due this week the, the way it works for the football writers association you get two ballots uh, you you get an early ballot and you kind of put the players who are on your radar and then based on all of those votes you get a a smaller ballot later in the year that has you know the top vote getters from that early ballot and i was looking through the pro football focus numbers to help me with some of the positions you know that i'm i'm just not paying enough attention to like Offensive guard, you know, in center right. and things of that nature, uh, to be perfectly honest with you. But uh, the, uh, I was looking at cornerbacks and I was really stunned to see Dwight McLaughlin with the number one total defense grade of all cornerbacks nationally. I, I don't, I was stunned. Yeah. I, I wouldn't say that I don't think he's that level of player. I just don't know that I realized he was having that level of a season. He's
1: given up eight, eight receptions all year. And I've mentioned – I asked Sam about it. I asked him an initial question about nudie yesterday or on Monday and then asked a follow-up. Like, I've probably done it a lot in the past. Like, why is he good in coverage? And it's like a combination of his savvy. Like, he's really smart. Um, Mm -hmm. I think he's confident enough to think that he could cover CeeDee Lamb on an island like he i think he he probably believes that like sam said a few weeks ago that he thinks snacks thinks that he could go in and play nose guard because <laughs> he's got that kind of got that dog in him um but nudy he he hasn't given up 100 yards in pass coverage this year which is incredible um which makes me think like he's got to start this weekend right like you've got to completely potentially take away anything that auburn could throw at you <laughs> In and the, he's faced some good receivers. Game. Yeah, faced some really good receivers. I mean, he receivers. I think he was matched up against Malik Neighbors, right? Yeah, and I'm sure he had a I'm sure he had some matchups with Brian Thomas too. He had like a pick that some, game, right? He did have a pick with in that. With Burton, game. At yeah. Alabama. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was
0: matched up with him. I mean, these are some of the Neighbors. I was looking this morning just just throwing out names of who I might put on my Heisman ballot cuz I I have an idea of who I'm going to go 1 2 Three right now, I think, is really wide open. And neighbors was a name that I came up with because he's just had such a big it's year great. for them, you know, receiving wise. And he didn't have a huge game against our. I mean, he had a decent game, but you you compare that to some of they the other on games they had. Jaheim Singletary
1: in that game. Yeah, they really did. But just one last thing on Nudy, and I'll shut up and let Ethan talk. <laughs> Nudy has been targeted in the passing game fewer times this year than Jaheim Thomas. That's respect, mm-hmm. right there. Yeah. I just don't think. I just think there's obviously there's like a 50-50 chance that you complete a pass when you target him, but with it being nudie and like the ball skills that he has, I think that, that percentage, I think drops from 50. I was surprised to see against Florida,
0: he had more pass breakups than any Arkansas defensive back since Cam curl in 2017. That caught my eye.
2: Yeah. And the thing about, uh, Dwight McLeather, too, is he's dealt with that turf toe this year, too. So, it's like he's yeah. kind of – he's doing this all while, like, trying to get out there as much as he can. Probably still a little – like, you don't really recover during the season too much from an injury just the I mean, you play through it most of the time. And he's doing this probably a little bit sore still down mm-hmm. there. Um, he
1: got concussed at Ole Miss, too. Yep.
2: And this guy is just – Allegedly. <laughs> he's kind of, you know, just – you know, we talk a lot about Caleb Battle on the basketball team just being like that swagger, mm-hmm. uh, the guy who gets – whenever Dwight McLaughlin makes a good play, the whole defense is having a good time because he makes sure that they celebrate it. It's just he's kind of that player that he knows he's good and he makes sure you know that <laughs> he knows he's good. Yeah,
1: there's nothing I enjoy more than uh, Dwight McLaughlin interception celebration. It gets the people going, as they say.
2: He had a, one of those past breakups on Saturday, he had a – it wasn't a big situation. I think it might've been a third down to get him off the field. And he was really excited after that When I remember
0: more to get to here in just a moment. I want to tell you first, the whole log football podcast is sponsored by Kendall King design, display signage, Kendall king.com. That's K E N D a L K I N G.com.
2: The Kindle King group, family of companies plays to win just like our hogs. We know how demanding retail marketing is today from digital omni-channel creative services through in-store signing and displays, and finally to social influence. We've got you covered. Our KKG Inc. family of companies, Kindle King, Shop Cart Creative, and Soapbox Influence are winning with multiple retailers and brands. We play to win and will be a winning partner for all your retail marketing service needs. Go Hogs!
0: After Arkansas beat Florida, I came back to a couple of things that we had Written and/or said or both earlier this year. Uh, The first one was that, and and I thought about this that sometimes you just have to be patient for some of these thoughts to come to fruition. But remember when they played LSU so well in Death Valley? We said that's going to pay off for them somewhere, and they're going to win a road game this year if they play like that on the road again. And and they played like that on the road every game. I mean, they were right there with Alabama, they were right there with LSU, right there with Ole Miss. And then finally they break through and they beat Florida. But that was thought number one, that this is going to, you know, playing that well on the road is going to pay off for you somewhere in a tough environment. They played in some really tough environments this year. And then the other one was, uh, I I think I wrote this after the Alabama game, that sometimes when you're losing these games by three points and seven points and four points and three points again, and I mean, you guys know what it's been like. that you can just lose your team and – you know, all of a sudden that 7-3 to loss becomes 21-3 to pretty fast. And that just has never happened with Arkansas this year. And you always felt like that was going to pay off at some point, that, you know, being so close so many times while it is frustrating in the moment, that's going to pay off for you at the end. And, you know, I mean, we said this a couple of weeks ago, we think it's an easier stretch down the, you know, at the end. Not to say that all these games are winnable. They may, may lose to Auburn this week. I think they got, they're got they going to have a tough time beating Missouri at the end of the year. But all these things that kind of we have felt over the past – four or five weeks, I felt like maybe they were a little bit validated by them going into Gainesville and winning the way they did.
2: Yeah, and that Mississippi State game was kind of the one that – I mean, it was another close loss, but it felt like the one that's going to – you're like, okay, is this going to be the one that just breaks them because that's not a good Mississippi State team no. they lost to. They want that – they should want that game back so badly because they – I think they should beat them
0: Mississippi State
2: ought two. to go 0-8 in yeah. SEC this year. Not a good team. I mean, and they're it's, going to, but they should. <laughs> yeah, they, That defense is not very good And. It's just incredible. The offense is horrible too. Yeah, not a very good team. But you know, it's that that type of game that you that I was at least thinking. I'm like, okay, all these one possession losses, like they were kind of encouraging. I mean, they're they're encouraging, but they're never like satisfying. I'm sure for the team to just keep on losing those close games, but to be as close as you were at Alabama, as close as you were at LSU, um, you know. You just felt like they were going to break through. I thought the Mississippi State game was the game that's like, okay, they aren't going to break through. This is going to be a terrible stretch to end the year. But I think that change, honestly, of getting Kenny Guyton to be the interim offensive coordinator and firing Danny Enos, I think that might have been the breath that needed to be in the locker room. They clearly like him. They wanted to play hard for him. Um, and I don't know, It's kind of is that type of game that you – I'm not going to buy that, they, that they're that they going to win out the rest of the year and go 3-0. I just don't think that – they're better than Missouri, just to be honest. But I, I could see it, though. It, I, I wouldn't have said that after the Mississippi State game, that I could see them winning out. I think that Florida game, just the way it played out, the way that they kept punching back, and the way they finally did break through, it could pay dividends down this last stretch as well.
0: Well, I wrote after they played Alabama that I said it wouldn't be surprising if they went into the Missouri game five and six. Now, I wrote that thinking that they would beat Mississippi State and they might lose to Florida in the swamp.
2: I mean, all that's happened is that those two
0: outcomes have have reversed. And, you know, they're right where I think we thought they might be after the Alabama game.
1: For sure. I I thought the Mississippi State game, especially on the offensive side of the ball, might be like the breaking point. But the bye week came at just like when you're having offensive issues to the extent that Arkansas was, the bye week was the absolute best thing that could have happened for them. And you got some guys healthy like right like so that's two nice big breaths of fresh air that you got mm-hmm. um yeah i I feel like they they came out energized like there was there's obviously still a lot of things and sam was like you know we had x number of plays on offense that we you know we want to hold the, some kids accountable for x numbers of x number of plays on defense and special teams so there's a lot of things obviously to clean up but if you can score 39 on the point, 39 points on the road in the swamp. Granted, it's not a great Florida defense or a team in general, but um, still, a Tennessee went in there and lost. Yeah, Arkansas went in there and won, and in game one under a you know interim offensive coordinator, I think the 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 kids. It's obvious, especially when you started seeing you know post game videos of like that raw emotion coming from those offensive players and their. You know genuine love for Kenny Guyton and what he's doing. Um, I think they're they're bought in for sure. Um, I don't I don't know how they're going to finish down the stretch. If I had to guess, they'd probably finish two and one and just shy of a of a bowl bid because Missouri's really good. Which they proved that again last week by you know playing Georgia really tough on the road. But I think defense. Here I go again give you a chance to win and the offense is I think it can give you a chance to win now because it it Mm. maybe feels a little bit revitalized
2: it's crazy that if they do win out that they would match last year's record it just feels like this has been so much worse of a season than last year but I mean they still have a chance to finish just how they were last year if they were to win out and win a bowl game
0: it's all about November I mean last year they were they were not good in November they beat Ole Miss that game was kind of weird because they got up by so much and then all of a sudden they kind of had to hold their breath at the end right but they lost to Liberty and they lost to LSU and they lost to Missouri, all these close games. You know, I mean, it's, it's, it's all about how you finish the season, how, te- how people remember your season. I think if they can you know, go on a run here, even if they go five and seven and say they lose to Missouri in a, a, you know, a competitive game, I think people would, would be – I think a lot of people would be okay with the trajectory of, of how things are going. Um, I think you have to take the whole season into you know consideration, the totality of everything. But it's all about how you finish. I mean, that's 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 how it's always been. That's why the bowl games have always been such a big deal. It doesn't mean you know it, it. If you go seven and five and you win a bowl game, it's a whole heck of a lot different feeling than if you go seven and five. I mean, think about Florida last year. Not that they were any good, but they go six and six, and they get beat by Oregon State like thirty to three in the bowl game. And nobody feels good about that. I'm, you know, I'm glad you said that because I'm not sure that he might not lose his job at the end of this year. Because look at who they finished with. They lose to Arkansas. They got pounded against Georgia in Jacksonville the week before. They finished with LSU, Missouri, and Florida State. Two of those games on the road. Tell me where they're going to win.
2: This it was a huge game for them. I mean, this was to get bowl eligible, and if they don't. if they had beaten Arkansas, they would have guaranteed finishing at least match what they did last year. I don't think they'll get – I think they'll decline this year, Um, which, like you said, like at the end of the year, people remember how you finished. And to finish like that with a loss to Arkansas, that's a blemish. And also on that same note, I think Arkansas needs – like talking about how you need to finish, I do think they need to – like. Beating Mizzou would be huge because yeah. that will end people on a really bad note. Just well, and you'll
0: get into a bowl game that you probably have a chance to win because, yeah. I mean, I think right now the two bowl options are the Birmingham Bowl and the Gasparilla Bowl. Yeah. You know where the Gasparilla Bowl is?
2: I don't, I don't have the slightest don't know. clue. El Dorado? <laughs> <laughs> the
0: murphy Bowl. Uh, well, it's, it's actually in St. Petersburg. Oh. Not, not a terrible draw.
2: No. Yeah, no, right down the road. it's no, yeah,
0: it's it's not a good opponent, but it's not a terrible <laughs> yeah. from a weather. Well, we were
2: at SEC basketball media day saying, "Are we going to come back to Birmingham. Birmingham here in a couple <laughs> <laughs> in a couple weeks?" But no, I think that that, like you said, like people remember how you finish and the way that the series has been going with Missouri to go five and mm-hmm. seven and that be your last loss and you not be eligible. People will be really upset over the off season, <laughs> but. Honestly, it's like if you go five and seven and you lose to Auburn and beat it's it's just a much better situation if Mizzou is one of those, one of those wins.
0: Hey, let's talk about Auburn real quick. They are five and four. They're kind of in a similar situation to Florida last week in that they can get bowl eligible if if they win this weekend in Fayetteville. They're hot in relative to the teams that they played. They. Beat up on Mississippi State, then they beat up on Vanderbilt. I think they won those two games by a combined 30 points. Mm-hmm. Uh, their defense played really well against Vanderbilt. Again, not a real high bar because Vanderbilt, from an efficiency standpoint, is only better than Mississippi State in the SEC. But I think momentum does have a little bit of a, an, an impact here in that Auburn has won its last two games, starting to get some confidence under a first-year coach, who we know was very good, uh, in, in Hugh Freeze, who – by the way, he's bringing his third different team to Fayetteville. I can't think of another coach who's brought three different teams wow, yeah. to Fayetteville. Wow, yeah. I Fayetteville, even
1: thought about that. Bob,
0: and I, Bob Holt and I were talking about that this morning. It, we kind of went through you know, several minutes of talking. Well, what about – no, he didn't. I can't remember somebody who brought three teams to Fayetteville. I'm not saying that it hasn't happened, um, but I just don't remember it happening. But that, as a side, Auburn, they've got a little bit of momentum. They're coming in. I think Arkansas offensively, if they perform the way that they did against Florida
1: last week – is way better than either of the last two offenses that Auburn has seen. The one thing – and I'll – just one second. I think Arkansas's offense, they've – I think a lot of how they finish down the stretch depends on the availability of some guys that got banged up over the weekend. Like Andrew Armstrong, Sam said on Monday that he thinks he's going to be okay. But we saw him bang his head on the ground, and we saw the fencing motion, right, with his hands Mm -hmm. after he hit the ground. That's scary, man. And we don't know if he practiced yesterday. Don't know if he's going to practice today. Think he's going to be fine. But he is so valuable because he's got more catches and more receiving yards and as many touchdown catches as numbers two and three receiving wise on the team. Mm-hmm. And I think either number two or number three is Luke Hazard. He's not playing. So it's really important we'll that they Ty Washington. have him that's available. Big... Ty Washington was really good. He'd put up like 11 for 170, a couple scores all in the last four weeks, and mm-hmm. now you don't have him. And now Sam's talking about a potential scout team guy <laughs> getting some run at tight end. Like that's that's not a great look for your tight end room at this point. Um, and then you could be counting on Tykes Crawford at, at right tackle with with Kudis. He's Am I crazy
0: to think the tackles look ankle. better after Kudus and – Chambly went out. I, I thought that the combination of Crawford and Manuel looked I mean, better.
1: Manuel's your guy at left tackle. Like well, I think he, we've he all he known that Manuel's your guy at left tackle, but it's, it's
0: all about being healthy. Yeah. And I, there's like three different injuries that he's gone through this year that have kept him from practicing, kept him out of games. I mean, it's been a terrible run of bad luck for him. You get your
1: thought off. I, can't, oh, I yeah. quit interrupting you.
2: Oh, no, you're good. I was just going to say that I think that talking about momentum going to this game, like – Auburn couldn't have asked for a better, like, stretch, like, as far as mm-hmm. they got um, – they started with Mississippi State, then Vanderbilt, Arkansas, and then I think they got, like, New Mexico State next week. Um, that's a potential four-game win streak for them. Arkansas honestly, you look at it and you're probably – Auburn fans are probably looking at that stretch saying, like, if you just look at Arkansas' scores and get some of the teams they've played, that's the one that they're like, okay, that might be our toughest game. I think Arkansas needs to – needs to honestly come out really, really hot. Like a a fast start would go a long way to just kind of shut that momentum down like right off the bat. Auburn isn't very good offensively. Um, So I think if Arkansas has success, especially uh, stopping the run game with Hunter –
1: yeah, that boy's toting it the yeah, last few weeks. He's he, been really he good. He had a big
2: run at Vanderbilt, I know. Um, so I just think that if Arkansas can come out strong defensively, um, it's it. like I said, like Auburn, the schedule played out for them. Arkansas, aside from losing to Mississippi State, it kind of looked the same way. Mississippi State, it looked the same way. It was kind of those three teams of who's going to try and climb out of the cellar. Mm-hmm. Arkansas still has a breath because of that Florida game, uh, but Auburn looks like, I mean, especially if they take this game, they're going to finish fifth, or no, worse than fifth in the league.
1: Think it'll be a good crowd Saturday? I think it will be. I'm I'm kind of torn. I think it I think it will be. Um, I think the basketball crowd will be really closer to actual max capacity because of the football game the next day.
0: But, but I think I, the football do game think the could the football benefit game,
1: from having a basketball
2: game the night
0: before. I think For it'll sure. look a
2: lot like Mississippi State, in my opinion. Like, yeah, I okay. think the number you hear will be a lot larger than it looks. Well, it's a
0: it's a three o'clock. No, you're absolutely right about yeah. that. That's. How it always is because <laughs> you announce how many tickets you sell and all your tickets don't get sold. I, I don't know. I think there's a combination of you know you got high school playoffs this week. I think it'll bring a lot of people to Northwest Arkansas on Friday night. You might have some people who stay over for that. Uh, you've got uh, the basketball game. I think that you know there'll be a lot of people who are double dipping. They mm-hmm. go to Bud Walton on Friday night. They'll go to the football game on Saturday. And I think the three o'clock kickoff has a big impact here too. That it's a it's a game where people feel kind of comfortable coming in for that game maybe where if it was at 11 o'clock you don't get that kind of crowd i thought the mississippi state crowd for a two and whatever they were at that time two and five team is was an incredible crowd um and they stayed in it until <laughs> the very bitter end that afternoon i i think that people haven't this is going to be a good opportunity this weekend to gauge have people given up on the football team i think had they lost in florida it would have been a much worse crowd
1: than it would have been it would have been, a tough, would have been a tough scene Saturday. and i don't you know i mean they got
2: to play good at home too though like they get yeah, FIU in Missouri point, the last yeah, couple of weeks point.
1: sam mentioned that on monday too they've they've really competed well on the road can they do that at home once yeah you know, against a against a quality. They have not team. looked good
2: at home yet this year. I'm going to include the yeah. Kent State game. I mean, no, they, you're right. They that guy. They've got to play better. At people
1: home. were so upset after the 28-6 win. It was crazy <laughs> because they just didn't run the ball worth the crap against. I don't know. I just think there's a combination State. of
0: there hasn't been that game really for people to to celebrate and favor yet. Mm-hmm. The, the com- combination of the afternoon kickoff and just. All of it. I, I think that people haven't quite given up on the team yet, and I think you're going to see that this weekend. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm totally wrong. I think the attendance will be terrible for FIU. I think it'll probably be pretty bad for Missouri, given when the Missouri game falls. Uh, if, if they're 5-6, and six, you might get a little bit better of a crowd than you'd usually get on Black Friday. But this has got the potential maybe for the best atmosphere that we've seen this year.
1: I just still wonder. Like I, I, I agree that there's a chance it could happen, but at the same time, are, are there like, is there a chunk of people who will make that effort to get up here for a three win team in November? I just, I don't know. They I made
0: mean, the like, effort to get here for a two win team in October, late October. The
2: weather definitely doesn't hurt either because this is good of football weather like this week is like, it's been so nice out. I think you'll step over there in
0: front of the green wall and give us a, a um, forecast. Yeah,
2: no, I, I couldn't, I couldn't know where my county is. <laughs> How are we going to
1: throw it to Ollie with the weather yeah. report?
2: But I mean, I, we walked out of the basketball game last night and we're just like, this is. Incredible weather. If, I mean, it's your last chance to really probably. I mean, recent history, those late games in the season at home are really cold. So,
1: yeah, you wear a couple pair of boot socks in your boots, and your toes still go numb by the end of the game.
0: Up in there. All right. Well, we appreciate you joining us. We'll be back with another whole hog football podcast uh, later in the week on Thursday. We'll look a little bit closer into Auburn. We'll also give our predictions for the weekend. Uh, be sure to listen on Wednesday for the basketball podcast in Mid America. These two will be there. Uh, Scotty to talk about the men's basketball game on Monday night. Ethan uh, for Tuesday night's women's game against Louisiana Monroe, and uh, we'll see you next time on the Whole Hog Football Podcast.
1: The proceeding has been a production of the Hog Sports Network. Look for our daily podcast on Apple, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. For more Razorbacks coverage, go to wholehogsports.com or follow the Hog Sports Network reporters on social media.